G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. In the late 18th century, William Wilberforce was converted. Almost single-handedly, he broke the shackles of slavery. People there were just totally different. We are looking at the footprint of God over the last 2,000 years. Since the Roman Legion destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70 AD, the Jewish people have a nation of their own. And he said, well, no, Randy, we're not all just faking it. There is a living hope, and his name is Jesus. And I believe that that's really why you're here. Christ died for us. History Makers. Hi, welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Joining me on the line is comedian Michael Connell. How are you, brother? Very well, thanks. It's so good to uh, hear your voice. I remember seeing you perform in Broken Hill many years ago, doing a stand-up comedy routine uh, in uh, in good old Broken Hill. Uh, I, I loved your comedy routine. I wanted to find out a bit of your story. Tell us a bit about uh, where you were born and raised. Oh, I uh, I grew up out in the Yarra Valley in uh, in Victoria uh, in a town called Gladysdale. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know Gladysdale. Many people don't. Uh, I usually say I'm from Gladysdale, and people go where. <laughs> And that's, uh, that's pretty much the town's slogan. It's, <laughs> it's that small. Uh, when, I, when I went to primary school, there was, like, there was like 50 kids in the entire school, and they had, you know, they had a payphone and a postbox. Now they've got two payphones, so the town's really coming along. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's about a two-hour drive east of Melbourne. Fantastic area. I loved growing up there. Grew up on a hobby farm. Um, yeah, just small country town life. And, uh, yeah, always was interested in performing and acting and being a bit of a class clown and, yeah, got into comedy in my teens. Uh-huh. I don't know. It was a bit of a weird thing. I, I grew up in the country, you know, out in the sticks, never saw a stand-up, didn't know that comedy was a thing, that you could do that for a living. Um, my mum would still argue that you can't. Uh, <laughs> there you go. She's kind of to blame for me to getting getting into comedy, though, because uh, when I was about fifteen, you know, uh, she took me to see the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and until then, I'd never seen live stand up. But if you'd asked me, you know, what do you want to do with your life, I would have said, oh, I want to be a guy who gets on stage, tells funny stories. It was kind of like I'd grown up in the Sahara, you know, I was describing being a fisherman or something, you know, like <laughs> completely no idea. And then when I was 15, she took me to the comedy festival, took me to uh, their showcase of teenage comedians called Class Clowns. It's like a competition to find Australia's funniest high school student. And I saw that in my mind, I was like, bam, that's it. That's what I want to be. And yeah, just from then on, I just next year I entered the competition. Uh, I came runner up in the in the national grand final, and uh, pretty much have stuck with it ever since. Pretty sure my mum still today is like, oh, I wish I'd taken him to the dentist <laughs> or the doctors or something. <laughs> but, hey, this is how things work out. 
And they say that, you know, when you're in the arts or an entertainer, you've got to have a fallback job, you know, you've got to have something else. What other kind of work have you done other than being a comedian over the years? Oh, I've done a lot of interesting different things. Um, I was a copywriter for a while. I've uh, worked in marketing. Before I was a comedian, I was also a juggler. Right. So quite a while I was in, during my teens, I was in a youth circus. I was walking down the street one day and I saw all these kids riding by on, a, on unicycles. I was like, what's going on with this? How do I get involved? And they were like, <laughs> just come down. There's a circus class at the local uh, town hall. You can learn to juggle and stuff. And I got involved with that, but I was never a particularly great juggler. I was much more interested in dropping the balls and getting a laugh <laughs> than, getting, than getting the trick right. Um, and when eventually I learned that, hey, you know, you can do stand-up, you don't actually have to juggle at all, I'm like, oh, I'll just do that. But uh, I still do a bit of that from time to time. Um, I'm, I work uh, part-time with the Starlight Children's Foundation at the uh, at, uh, hospitals. Mm-hmm. Um, entertaining sick kids, which is great fun. Um, so, yeah, I do that by day. I do comedy by night. Um, I've also had a bit of an experience similar to what you do. I've worked in uh, community radio, mm-hmm. which was an amazing experience. I loved that. Um, lots of good fun. But, hey, early mornings and late-night comedy, that is a very hard mix. <laughs> I would be getting home at like 11 o'clock at night and be like, okay, well, I've got time to, you know, lie down on a pillow for half an hour before I get up and go do the morning show. Uh, It's interesting. There's actually been a lot of comedians that have been working in radio over the years. Did you find it was uh, an easy place to to crack gags on the radio or were they a tough crowd? Uh, I, I had great fun doing the radio. It was an awesome, fun job. I was working down on the Gold Coast. And, yeah, I, I loved it. It was really good. It was really exciting. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I always found that getting up, getting up early was, <laughs> was a real hard thing. <laughs> and, and people are like, oh, you'll, you'll take a nap. You'll get to sleep during the day. No, no. I could never get the hang of napping. You know, I salute anyone who, who does a radio show early in the morning because, oh, my goodness, you know, the sleep deprivation. Oh, that's right. It's hard work, hard work, absolutely. And uh, I know that, uh, you know, you're, you're well known as a clean comedian. You know, a lot of comedians yeah. these days have to, you know, swear and have to, you know, tell dirty jokes to get laughs. But you're, you're well known as a clean comedian. Uh, you were raised in a religious upbringing. Tell us a bit about what your, your faith meant to you as a young fellow when you were being raised. Well, as a kid, I actually actually wasn't really brought up in, in a religious household. I, as a kid, I was always searching, questioning myself. I was exposed to a lot of different things. And as I grew older, I just started researching for myself, reading online, talking to friends, talking to other people. I eventually watched an episode of uh, Four Corners, and they did a special about the Quakers. And I was like, this is fascinating. I want to learn more. And then I started attending meetings and, yeah, found my people. And they're actually very uh, well known for social justice, the Quakers. It's a big part of their focus? Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. The old joke is that the uh, the service begins when the service ends. So, uh, <laughs> I like yeah. that. That's yeah, good. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I love it. And look, you know, it's part of me as well. Um, I've been very involved with World Vision over the years. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
I, I think social justice is a very important thing. Mm, so good, mate. Wonderful to hear. And I guess uh, being in the, the scene uh, with stand-up comedians, you know, there'd be a lot of peer pressure uh, to go down that route of, you know, telling dirty jokes, swearing all the time. You know, you, you see it. You know, I, I love stand-up comedians, but whenever I watch them on TV these days or whenever I go to a show, I'm like, oh, you, you didn't yeah. really have to say that, you know. Do you find yeah. that pressure uh, among your peers? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's, you know, I, I like to think that I'm trying to make a difference in the industry. I'm showing that there's a different way because I think I'm very... You know, I might be tooting my own horn here, but I feel that I'm very effective in offering an alternative mm. to, you know, what the mainstream's putting out there. Um, I'm often performing at comedy clubs, and I'd like to say that I'm as good as any other comedian on at the night. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes I like to think I'm even a little bit better than some. <laughs> <laughs> Point for Michael. But, um, I, look, usually what happens when I perform... Uh, I'm performing on stage and people laugh, mm. you know. Every once in a while, someone will come around after the show and go, hey, I noticed you didn't swear or do any dirty material in the show. You know, I really appreciated that. Or, hey, I love it that I could bring my kids along to your show. This is fantastic. But 90% of the time, people just, just have a good time. They mm. just laugh at my material. That's great. What I've never got, what has never happened is have, I've never had someone come up to me after a show and go, look, you were hilarious, but uh, not enough swearing. <laughs> I wanted to hear more filthiness. <laughs> like, that never happened. So I think if I can do the material without, you know, getting crude, why wouldn't I? Yeah, that's good. Increase the audience, uh, increase, you know, the options for other people who are looking for entertainment. Um, increase my opportunities to be able to get out there and perform. You know, it just makes sense to me. Now, obviously, you've been doing this from a young age, and you, you know, you, you're naturally gifted this way. This is this is the way you are. You, you, you were the class clown as a kid. It was obviously something that you were created created to do. Uh, I'm curious to know how do you get your material? What's your favourite stuff that you that you share, and and how do you how do you come up with it? It's just life. It's just the things that happen to me. I walk around with a little. Uh, a little dictaphone sort of device. I know I should get a recorder on my phone, but I'm, I'm a bit of a Luddite like that. Um, I just walk around with the dictaphone. Whenever something funny happens, I'm just pressing the button going, note to self, talk about cats or, you know, what's the deal with... I'm basically Seinfeld into my own pocket. You know, what's the deal with trains? Then everyone else on the train platform is looking at me like, what's this guy doing? <laughs> It's good fun. Oh, that's good. And what's some of the uh, material you've been sharing recently? What's, what's your latest themes been? Oh, I'm actually working in a little bit of the juggling uh, in, in my latest show. Mm -hmm. uh, haven't been doing that for oh, since I've started. Uh, but yeah, I'm just, I, you know, I juggled a lot as a kid uh, and I taught myself to juggle when I was a teenager. And you know what it's like, you're a teenager, you think, yeah, I'm being bullied, but I could be more of a target. So <laughs> you learn to juggle, and uh, I do all that sort of stuff. I'm also talking about the funny things people say to me at shows and asking me questions about who I am and, you know, my life. 
people often people often say to me, you know, people often hear my voice and they say, oh, are you English? Are you English? What's the accent I'm hearing? And I'm like, there's no accent. What is it? And I always know they're going to ask me that question because the question that they ask before it is always like, hey, can I ask you something? <laughs> can I ask you something specifically? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, sure. Ask away. And they'll say, what's the accent? I'm like, it's not an accent. It's me talking correctly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so just silly little things like that that I throw in and, yeah, make into a show. Oh, that's good. And have you ever been heckled? And like, what do you what do you do with, with hecklers? Do you engage with them and yeah. make something out of it, or do you just get offended and walk off the stage? Oh no, <laughs> you, you got to keep going. Um, I always try to engage with the hecklers. A lot of a lot of comedians they see uh, hecklers as like a combative situation, and they're like, "Oh, this guy's going to try and disrupt the show." And I think, yeah. That is what's happening. But then I think he's probably trying to disrupt the show and make every make this an unpleasant situation because he's hurting inside. Hey, why not talk to him and bring him on side and make a friend? And <laughs> usually when you stand there and have a chat to him, you, you know, they'll call out something like, you're not funny. And you're like, what's going wrong, mate? What's wrong in your life? And you chat it out and usually they're fine after that. Now, let's talk comedians, because I've yeah. been a fan of many comedians over the years. Of course, yourself, I, like I said, I saw you firstly at Broken Hill many years ago when I was out there uh, with a, an event with uh, Will Graham, Billy Graham's grandson. I remember you were the, the guest comedian at that. Uh, yeah. And then I've seen you at my church. I've seen you, uh, at a, a, I think, at a few different functions here over, over the years. Uh, one of the other guys I really love in Australia is a guy named Ben Price, who does great impersonations. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. He's Great. I'm curious. Do you ever do impersonations as well? No, I'm afraid not. <laughs> That's not your thing. Impersonations are not my thing. I've got <laughs> my voice, and that's about it. Um, if you're really lucky, when I get really sleepy, um, sometimes I start sh making sh sounds yeah. on the ends of end of words. Yeah. Um, on the radio show, when I was doing it early in the morning, people would call in and say, "Yeah, you're doing sleepy Connery again." <laughs> So apparently I sound a bit like Sean Connery when I'm tired. Sean Connery, I see. Yes. <laughs> uh, now, I've also uh, been in contact with some US comedians over the years. Uh, 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 Mark Lowry, who's well-known as a, he's also a Christian singer as well. Uh, he's, he was one of the earlier guys that started doing comedy from a faith-based uh, angle. Uh, and then um, there, there's been a, a few different US guys uh, that I've loved over the years. Uh, Tim Hawkins, who's often on YouTube. Have you seen his stuff? Oh, yeah. So he's very funny. Mm. Does I, a lot love of... his, I love his guitar songs and, you know, all the funny stuff he comes out with. He's great. Yeah. Have you ever done musical stuff like that as well? Or is that... Is I, that... I work in a very, very small amount of harmonica oh. into my act. <laughs> yeah. So I bust out the harmonica every now and again. It's <laughs> my little party piece. I, I don't know if I call myself a musical comedian. I think I'm good enough on the harmonica to be quite funny. So tell us, what do you do on the harmonica? You do some songs? I just play some funny songs on the harmonica. <laughs> I, I play some funny tunes. Basically, it's, it's basically prop comedy, but it's mildly musical at the same time. <laughs> um, Very I, cool. Now, if people want to find out more about your comedy, is there a website or you're on Facebook? How do people find you? 
There is indeed. They can find me pretty much at Google will turn up uh, all my stuff. But if you go to my website, michaelconnell.com.au, uh, you can find details about me there. And, uh, yeah, from there, it links all out to everything. Very cool, mate. Thank you so much for your time. No problem. Thanks for having me on. If you'd like to hear this conversation again, listen online anytime at historymakersradio.com. You'll also find links to all of our social media channels and you can subscribe to our iTunes podcast. History Makers is a faith-based ministry and we want to thank everyone for their generous support. If you've got a suggestion of anyone we should interview, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless. I'm Matt Prater. And my challenge to you now is to go and make history. History Makers. This year is the 50th anniversary for the Bible League. They're celebrating all that God's done in their ministry and they're praying into all that He's going to do in the next 50 years. Ephesians 3.20 says that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to His power that's at work within us. To Him be the glory of the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. If you'd like to support the Bible League as they reach the generations to come, go to BibleLeague.com.au. Station sponsor. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.